Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Derek, one of the pastors here. Glad you guys are here. It is officially the Christmas season. In fact, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is super short this year, so Christmas is coming right up. Um, quick quiz. Who has not gotten their Christmas tree yet? That's going to get one. Okay, most of us have. How many cut their tree down? Show of hands. Only a couple. Okay. Um, did you go somewhere or just like in the yard? <laughs> the neighbor's yard. Okay. Well, that's one of Callie's favorite traditions. She loves to go up to Hope Valley or wherever and, and cut down a tree. And this year we did that. We had trouble finding a good one, so it's, eh. Um, yeah. That's where we went. All the roads were closed. So what happened was when we went, all these roads were closed. So we had to do a little more hiking. And it's fun because the kids roll in the snow and we play hide and seek. Um, but you have to hike a little further. And finally, it's like, we're just going to have to settle. Um, and we found one and cut it down. And uh, the thing with these trees, and, and we have a tall ceiling now, so we got a pretty tall tree. you got to carry the thing out. Um, luckily, you know, being dad, I get to carry the heavy end. Um, but the nice part about that is I'm on the end, whereas anybody else carrying, they have to get in the branches and get poked and carry, and, and the comment that I heard several times bringing it out was, this thing's full of sap. There's, I'm getting sap on me. I'm like, well, that means it's healthy. And that brings to mind Psalms. I'm going to read you real quick a psalm about sap. Now, of course, the worry with the Christmas tree is that the sap is going to drip on the floor, on the carpet, and, and get all over you. But again, sap is a sign of health. Psalm 92, 12 to 15 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon or a pine in Markleyville. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Uh, I like that verse right there, 14. They are still, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. That's the picture of the Jesus follower, the, the believer, God's person who is pursuing God. And it says here, even in old age, and you know, we're not going to set a limit on what that is, but, but at all times, green and full of sap. And so as you came in, you were given one of these. And you've probably been wondering, what in the world is this thing? Anybody know? Sap. That's right. It's a sap tapper. So this, if you have a maple tree, you can drill a hole, stick this thing in the tree, and maybe you'll get some maple syrup coming out or sap that you turn into syrup. So this is a sap tapper. Um, now, what is happening if you tap the sap out of a tree? You're kind of draining the life out of the tree. I mean, if you remove all the sap in a tree, you're not going to have a, a healthy tree anymore. So my question is as we are moving into this Christmas season, this time where we sing about the joy of the Lord, the joy of, of Jesus being born, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, what is tapping your sap? <laughs> what is, is draining the, the joy out of you? Or what has the potential to drain the joy out of you? You know, as we were preparing the Christmas season, I asked Callie, I said, you know, as we get there, it was a couple months ago, um, what should we look at? We're going to have a couple weeks leading into uh, Christmas Eve. You know, what are, what's our theme going to be this year? And, and she brought up that I thought was helpful. You know, a lot of people, this is a time where they struggle. 
The Christmas season is the greatest season of depression. Uh, it's the greatest season, really, of, of struggling uh, throughout the whole year, and yet we sing these songs of it being the most joyful time of the year and those things. And so my question for you is, what is it that might be draining the joy out of you this December? Uh, is it a relationship? Something going on in your life, a, a, a close relationship. Maybe somebody has passed away this last year. That's one of those big things as the holidays come, remembering people that we miss. Uh, maybe it's a desire that is unfulfilled at the moment, a desire for something more. It could be good, it could be bad, but, but is there something you're desiring? Uh, or maybe there's debt that's kind of luminous. What is it for you that is pulling your joy out or has the potential to prevent you from really experiencing the joy of the Lord this season. We're going to do something a little bit different. Um, this is going to be yours. You can take this with you, make an ornament out of it. And then when people ask, what in the world is that? You can tell them about it. Um, but we're going to sing another song right now. We don't normally do it this way. But while we sing this song, um, if you feel like standing up and singing and worshiping, great. But let this be a time right now where you have a little conversation with God, where you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is it that could potentially tap your sap? What is it that's pulling your joy out? And this is a time for you and God just to, to get on the same page, just to be honest. And then we're going to look at God's word together and, and, and ask God to enter into that with us. Um, but as we're singing, if you are a note taker, if you have your notes, write down what it is. You know, sometime during this song, ask that God will reveal, write it down. Uh, if you didn't get notes coming in, grab the clipboard in front of you, grab the piece, just write it down so it's there. Uh, let's, let's sing. Father in heaven, thank you that our hope can be in your promises. No matter what we feel, we can lean on the truths that you have given us in your word. And we just ask this morning that you would comfort, that you would encourage, that you would lead us toward you, that we would experience you this morning, not in just an emotional way, not in just an intellectual way, but with our whole being, our whole spirit, we would commune with you, we would experience you. We need you. We need you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what has the potential to tap your sap? Or what is tapping your sap? I love the song that we were just singing there. You know, my hope will always be in your promises. We're going to look at a couple promises. Turn to Luke. Luke chapter 6. We've been reading through Luke, so I think it's fitting that we spend a little time in Luke. And we're going to see some promises that Jesus makes. Uh, this is the Beatitudes in Luke 6. Uh, here in Luke 6, this is the Sermon on the Plain, it's been called. It finds its parallel in Matthew, 
the Sermon on the Mount. Of course, some will argue, is this the same sermon or not? Well, we know Jesus wandered around a lot and taught. So he most likely taught this in this place on the mountain and over here in the plain. And so there's some parallels. We're blessed to have Matthew and Luke that we can look to Luke and then look to Matthew and get some clarification of what Jesus is saying. But what's unique about this is Jesus was teaching the crowds, but with this part, he turned and he taught to his disciples. So here he's speaking to those who have already committed to follow him, not the crowd of those going, yeah, maybe, or hey, this guy is healing, we want to see some miracles. He, he turns and maybe speaks a little quieter just to those close that they would hear. Look at Luke 6, verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn you. Your name is evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. He repeats here the Beatitudes, blessed, blessed. And we find some parallels uh, later on in the chapter as he goes, and he talks about the woes. And we're not going to get into the woes, but there's, there's a contrast there, the blessed. That word blessing, you know, often we, we think blessed as in material blessed. You know, I'm very blessed with with the family God has given me, or I'm very blessed. But the word blessed here re- refers more to happiness, actually. And it, it can be a superficial happiness, but really it's, it's deeper than that. This blessed really is more of a joy. Blessed means happy are those. Blessed are you, meaning happy are you. Blessed refers to the distinctive spiritual joy which accrues to a person from their share in the salvation of the kingdom of God. Really, that song we were just singing, we're blessed, a joy that we have despite our circumstances, an inner contentment with who we are in Christ, our salvation, that we're saved. And so he goes through these blessings, these beatitudes, and he begins here with the first one. You know, who is joyful? Who is blessed, inner happy, blessed, are the poor. Have you ever really been down and out and gone, yes, I am so happy that I have no money right now. Uh, You know, thank the Lord he hasn't given me anything right now. Now, this word poor means exactly that, poor. Literally, it means bent over. And so it was the word used for beggars. So those who are really living hand to mouth, that they, they won't eat, they won't have anything unless somebody else gives it to them. That's Poor, this word poor. Now, realistically, are any of us in this country ever poor? Meaning, we're not going to eat, possibly, for days. You know, we are really blessed materially in in this country. But are there times where you have been poor or are poor, lacking? I mean, we've definitely had those times where cheese was a real luxury. I don't know if you've ever had those times where you're, you know, lacking money, and then you're going through the grocery store, and you look at cheese, and you're like, wow, that's really expensive. We're going to go past the cheese. I remember those times cutting a slice of cheese and that just being joyful. I mean, this is this, is this rich, tasteful cheese. It's better than the beans and the rice. Um, 
the idea of, of poor, why would the poor be blessed? Blessed are the poor. He says there's a theme throughout Scripture about the blessing of the poor. God has a heart for the poor, and we're talking about materially poor. God has a, a unique spot in his heart. Jesus, when he came, he went to the poor. The poor are uniquely in a situation to look up. The rich, it's often not a blessing to be rich because the rich look at their bank account, they look at their kitchen, you know, they look at their, their pantry, and they're content. And they have no reason to look to God. Oftentimes the rich are self-sufficient, or they feel self-sufficient. Whereas the poor, they know they're not good enough. <laughs> they know they're not self-sufficient. So this idea of, of poor is those who are utterly dependent on God. And we can tell those stories. You've probably been in those situations where, or, or you know somebody who has, who they had nothing, or, or they, they were in need and God just showed up. And there's a parallel spiritually and physically. But blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are dependent on him. Now, in Matthew 3, we see blessed are the poor, but we see some other words. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So the Sermon on the Mount, the parallel sermon, he adds a couple words. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And this word poor can mean that here in Luke as well. That's the word. It means poor, but it was also used spiritually. Blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning humble, Dependent, just like the poor physically is dependent on others. You know, give to me. The poor, we are completely dependent on God. God gives the person joy who lives dependent on him. I think that's Jesus' point. Blessed, happy are you when you are completely dependent on God. And if it takes being destitute to get there, praise the Lord. So are, are you struggling right now financially, you know, is this one of those years where maybe there's not going to be as much under the tree as other times? Well, guess what? Praise God. We can be dependent on him. Now, this is what's cool about this. It says, blessed are you who are poor. Why? For yours is the kingdom of God. Here's what I like about this. For yours is the kingdom of God, not for yours will be someday the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. And here we see the spiritual dimension. He can't be just talking about uh, physically poor in poverty because not everybody who's poor has the kingdom of God. Not everybody who's poor is going to heaven, has a relationship with Jesus. And on the other side, not everyone who's rich is independent of God. So here the idea is spiritually poor, dependent on God. Blessed are you. Why? Because yours is the kingdom of God, right here, right now, beginning now, continuing into eternity. You can be joyful now with nothing because you belong to God. You're in his kingdom, therefore you have everything. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, two of my favorite verses, says, for he, referring to Jesus, has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is king, he is father, he is dad right now. Does that give you joy? I hope it does. That's where our joy is, that we are in his kingdom now. And he goes on in verse 21, blessed, happy. Think of that. Happy are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Now, it's kind of funny. My tummy just rumbled a little bit because I didn't eat breakfast yet. So I'm hungry right now. 
Am I happy about being hungry? Not really. <laughs> but same concept. He's running this concept from the first, blessed are you who are poor, blessed are you who are hungry. When you're hungry, you have a need. You, you need to, you, you know, you're not fulfilled at that moment, blessed. Happy are you who are hungry. Have you ever fasted? You know, we did that in Rooted, and, and some, you know, after 24 hours of night eating, and it's a little grumble, you know, they're not real happy. Um, then they get some food. But there's a, a happiness when you fast, when you go through some time of hunger, you realize my body doesn't need all that it thinks it needs. It's just this whiny child when the tummy grumbles because you haven't eaten for three hours. You know, it's this whiny child. And we learn through hunger that we don't need as much as we think we need. And again, it's a, the idea of dependence on God. Blessed are you who are hungry again because we look to God to fulfill. And we look to his promises. Matthew chapter 6. Again, I love that we just sang that song. But here are some of God's promises to those who are hungry, to those who are poor, to those who are needy and are tempted to worry about it. Is that you this Christmas? Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What does he say? Trust God and seek him first. Seek his kingdom. The parallel in the book of Matthew here talks about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Again, there's a couple words added there. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What do we desire? Do we desire food, drink? What do we desire? Or do we desire righteousness? Do, do we desire to walk rightly with God, to experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, to be used by him? What do we desire? True joy comes from being content in Christ with what we have. Again, maybe you've experienced this. I remember some years ago around the Christmas tree, Christmas morning, you know, the picturesque thing of the lights, and most of them are working, and the kids in their jammies and their hair a mess. Um, and I remember one of the kids, I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but one of the kids opens a present and goes, <sighs> you know, it wasn't what they wanted. And so this look of, maybe my kids are the only ones that have ever done this, this look of, this isn't what I wanted, you know. And it, for a parent, there's a minute there of like, huh, how are we doing? <laughs> As parents, that our kids are not, you know, joyful today, we're celebrating Jesus being born, that God would come in flesh to save our souls, and they don't like whatever this is, you know, and they have this look on their face. Where is our joy? Is our joy in the stuff, or is our joy in Jesus alone, in what he has given, in what he has done? 
Again, blessed, Matthew 5, 6, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be satisfied. They shall be, do you desire God in your life and righteousness? If so, you will be satisfied. In this life, absolutely, as we grow in him, but ultimately also in eternity. We will be fully satisfied. You know, the uh, average American, uh, a year ago, they expected to be more this year in 2019, but in 2018, the average American accrued $1,000 of new debt during the holiday season. $1,000 of new debt during the, the you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. What does that say? What that says is the average American is not content with what they have, so they have to borrow what they don't have to get more or to give more. You know, and the, but the idea is we don't have enough. We're not content. I think that speaks to the heart, the heart of being content. So talking about tapping our sap, sometimes what can tap our sap is materialism, isn't it? In this country all the way, in this time of year, we can lack joy because of a wrong focus. But now maybe you're thinking, well, that's immature and I'm way more spiritual than that. Well, there's other reasons that we can lack joy. Look on, if you would, verse 21, the second half. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you who weep. Sorrow, tears. What causes you pain? Again, that's why at the beginning I brought up relationships lost loved ones? What, what is there something maybe even deeper than materialistic needs or wants? Something causing you sorrow, pain, weeping. His promise here is that we will laugh. The word laughter here is referred to, uh, it's referring to a spiritual joy, not just a ha ha ha, it, but, but, a, but an inner joy. Verse 25 gives us the woe, which helps us. Verse 25, woe to you, the second half of 25, who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. So the, the contrast is finding joy, happiness, laughing in this world. It's a, it's a mirth apart from God. If we have that in this life, we're actually cursed. Woe to you who are happy and filled in, in, in life and don't see your need for God because eternally you'll be separated from God in hell and you will weep then. So blessed are you who weep now and look to God for comfort. Blessed are you who weep, you will be comforted. If you have sorrow, you will be comforted if we're looking to God. That's the picture here. He's speaking to his disciples. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. You will find joy later. You can find joy even now in him. 2 Corinthians 7.10, I think is helpful. It says, for the sorrow, it's on the screen, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Let's leave that up. Kind of like the idea of being poor, having a spiritual dimension, poor in spirit, being hunger, having a spiritual dimension of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Here, there, there is the earthly weeping that we can have for the sorrow of loved ones, whatever it might be. But here there's also a deeper aspect of sorrow. Do we sorrow over sin? Do we weep over our own brokenness and that of others? That, I think, is part of this context here. If we weep for our own brokenness, the sin in our lives, we will be, uh, 
we will laugh. We will be filled with joy later because God will deal with that. As I was thinking of this, you know, what's tapping your sap? Yeah, there's material things, but it might be sin in your life. It might be something that you're just stuck on, and it is sucking the life out of you. Maybe you experience like Paul wrote in Romans, you know, I don't do what I want to do. That which I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of flesh? And it says, thanks be to God. Are you broken over your sin? Maybe it's sucking that joy out of you, and you don't even know it. And maybe God's revealing that to you now. Well, here, blessed are you if you weep over your own sin or the brokenness of others. Because what's it lead us to when we see the brokenness of others? It leads us to share the gospel. We will laugh. We will be comforted. Blessed are you who weep, for you shall laugh. This is a promise that we have. Those of us who are sold out to God, you know, he is our focus. We will be filled with joy. And he goes on in verse 22. Blessed, remember, happy, happy are you when people hate you. And when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. So you ever been spurned, rejected because of your walk with God, and you went away going, mm, yeah, check it out. That's the picture. You know, but when is this going to happen? When we're open with our faith. You know, those who hide their faith under a basket, under a bushel, it's kind of like that light and you hide it, you're not going to suffer for the kingdom because nobody knows who you are. And I think, you know, and, and some professions are different. Sometimes we hide under this idea of, well, of in our culture, in our society, we can't speak out because we'll get fired. We can't speak out. Some situations, I, that may be the case. Mostly that's not the case. Mostly, from what I've experienced, that's an excuse to not put yourself out there. When we put ourselves out there, we will suffer for it. We will get made fun of for it. We will be called stupid. Yeah, I believe in creation, not evolution. Oh, you're stupid. Well, actually, no, that's what the Bible teaches. And so we can be joyful in Acts 5. So this is later. Luke is teaching this to, or I'm sorry, Jesus here in Luke is teaching to his disciples. Later on, after Jesus would die on the cross, rise from the dead and ascend into heaven, the disciples would be filled with the Spirit. They would go out and start to witness and teach. The disciples were then arrested and beaten for being Jesus' followers. In Acts 5, 40 to 41, it says, After calling the apostles in, they flogged them, they beat them, and ordered them to speak no more in the name of Jesus. And they released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And what's the reward? Verse 23, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. As we put ourselves out there for Jesus, we get a reward in heaven. We're living for that day because it's eternity. It's forever and ever and ever. This life is actually pretty short. The picture here is the person is joyful that's sold out to Jesus, trusting him in all aspects of life, materially, uh, emotionally, spiritually, and then also going forward, moving forward as his servants, sharing the word of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news at Christmas of God becoming flesh to save us. Be joyful as you trust God and live in anticipation of eternal rewards. We live in anticipation of eternal rewards. So what's 
What's tapping your sap? What is it? Is one of these things what's, what's maybe pulling joy from you? Did something resonate with you? Then what do we want to do with that? What do we need to do with that? Again, blessed, happy are those who put Jesus first. Again, faith in him, we can trust him completely. This Christmas season, we're celebrating God becoming flesh. You know, the joy, and we're going to look at this Christmas Eve, of the angels declaring, you know, we have great news. Great news filled with joy for all the people because God has become flesh. Our King, our Messiah is here. We're in need of nothing if we have surrendered to him as Lord. And maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life. Well, guess what? All this joy, this blessing, this internal happiness can be yours. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Believe he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and then say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I repent. I turn my life over to you. I want you to be Lord of my life. That's all it takes. Then you will be given the Holy Spirit and you will be saved because of what God has done. And, and then all this, this joy, this blessing can be yours as you pursue pursue Jesus. We're going to sing a few more songs. We're going to have people available to pray with you in the back. They're going to have you know, badges on, how can I pray for you? But let this be a time of response. If you wrote down, if you know what it is that might tap your sap, this is your time to give that to God. And you can do that just by sitting there and praying. You can come over to our prayer wall over here, write it down, and give it to him. And, and I'll be honest, if you're anything like me, sometimes you give stuff to God, and then you grab it back. You, you know, I mean, you, you give it to him, I trust you completely, and as you walk away, then you look in your pocket and you're like, I, just, I took it with me. And you got to turn around and go back. So I, there's something helpful about this active movement. Write it down. We've got pieces of paper. Come write it down, give it to God, in the, and then walk away from it. You're giving it to him. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can trust you. Thank you for your promises of joy, of blessing, of happiness. You haven't called us to a life of, of grumpy sadness because we're following you, because we've, we, we're living in poverty or whatever it is. You actually called us to great joy. And some of those people I know in my life that I've met with the greatest joy aren't those that are rich, but because their joy is in you. And I, I ask that for everybody in this room. God, that you would fill us with your joy because of who you are. God, if we have sin we need to deal with, help us. God, that will drain us. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would fill us, would help plug those holes of sin in our lives, fill us with your righteousness. God, if, if there's other pain, if we have a need, God, I pray that we would bring that need to you, but we would be willing to submit to you. If you, go, if you can tell us, you know, we don't need that right now. I'd rather you just trust me right now. I pray that we would do that, and we would have joy in the trusting of you. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.